0: chapter 5 of the wild irishman by thomas william Hodgson, twh crossland this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon chapter 5 the patriot ireland has produced more patriots than any other country under the sun the names of them are legion and from wolf tone down to dr tanner they have all been men of reasonable parts O'Connell, Emmett, Butt, and Parnell, shine out perhaps as the greatest of them. The smaller fry do not require enumeration. But if I mistake not, while it is the fashion to flatter every Irishman who has done anything at all for Ireland with the general title of Patriot, it is only within comparatively recent times that the authentic Patriot has come into being. The fact that in England People are unkind enough to call him an agitator, is of small consequence. The Vathria is singularly and peculiarly Irish. There is nothing like him in England, and there never will be anything like him, for he comes like water and like wind he goes. He begins anywhere. He may be a butcher, a publican, a schoolmaster, or a farmer. He attains a seat in the House of Commons, and a certain prominence in the press and he ends nowhere irish editors worship him for a season then they wax critical of him then they forget him altogether mr timothy healy is a good type of the patriot at his best he has accomplished great things for ireland and achieved for himself a reputation in parliament for a sort of savage brilliance but there are not a dozen men in england ireland scotland or wales today. Who care twopence where he is, or could tell you what becomes of him when Parliament is not sitting? He will end obscurely, inasmuch as it is the fate of Irish patriots so to end. As the chief of the patriots of the less glorious type who, however, succeed in making the best of both countries, we may instance Mr. T.P. O'Connor. Mr. O'Connor is an Irishman and a nationalist but he has shaken the dust of ireland from his feet and he sits for the scotland division of liverpool and has done himself rather well as a promoter of heterogeneous newspapers in london with mr o'connor however we shall deal fully elsewhere only for the sake of symmetry do not let us forget that he is a patriot of the finest water the vital defect in the character of the irish patriot looking at him squarely is that in recent times at any rate he has never been a statesman a patriot with the proper statesmanlike qualities might it is true have been altogether swamped by the frothy eloquence and wild demands of the main body of patriots but such a one if the irish could only have managed to find him and keep him going whether in the house of commons or on english platforms would in the long run have made a vast difference to her interests it may be argued that ireland did actually find a statesman in mr gladstone on the other hand it is abundantly evident that however sincere and admirable mr gladstone's proposals for the betterment of the country may have been they were not based on anything like an exact, or for that matter even a working knowledge of its necessities and requirements as for mr parnell it is no disrespect to him to say of him in full view of his amazing career that he was not a statesman even in a small way his aloofness haughtiness and chilliness of temper precluded him from a really effective part or lot in the faction which he led and ruled with a rod of iron and for himself he had not sufficient spirits and imagination to carve out an independent and statesmanlike policy mr parnell made a great name and no little dust in the world yet the verdict of history upon him will be that he was neither an o'connell nor an isaac butt and that he failed to go anything like so far as might have been expected of him for the rest of the patriots the remnant, as it were, of the National Party, they do not matter, and they know it. In the House of Commons they are absolutely without other than adventitious power. The English Party system happened to afford them certain mechanical advantages of which they are never tired of boasting. Their sarcasms and humours, and occasional displays of temper, bring them from time to time a passing notoriety but taking them as a body they are inept irresponsible feeble and negligible constituting indeed a standing monument to the undesirable vagaries which might be looked for in the event of their being granted that much desired little place of their own on college green in fine the irish patriot of our times will not wash he means well by his country And well enough by himself, but he has no balance and is entirely blind to the falsehood of extremes. It is curious to note how easily Ireland is satisfied in pretty well all matters that concern her closely. Her standard of requirement is barely middling. She knows how to be grateful to the merest nonentities, and she can bestow reverence and undying fame upon persons who are little removed from mediocrity the modern patriot has never risen above the foothills yet for ireland he stands upon the pinnacle and they say hosanna to him it is a sign of the times however that erin is beginning to be alive to the fact that in the main the patriot is just one of those persons with whom you can very well afford to dispense vaulting ambition hath rather overleaped itself in the matter of these gentry and their posturings and screamings and clenchings of the fist are no longer received with altogether unanimous applause that there is reason in all things is a simple lesson which patriots who are not wholly careless of their future will do well to learn their well-worn parrot cries of tyranny oppression cowardice robbery murder and so forth are become just a trifle stale flat and unprofitable irishmen are weary of shrieks they desire a trifle of sobriety and good sense End of chapter five recording by john brandon